Come on. Doug, are you ready? I was born ready, George. I love it. Well, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. The people are ready. Let's go. Welcome to Money Savage Engage. This is George Grumbacher. Doug Conant is the only former Fortune 500 CEO who is a New York Times bestselling author, a top 50 leadership innovator, a top 100 leadership speaker, and a top 100 influential author in the world. His new book, The Blueprint, Six Practical Steps to Lift Your Leadership to New Heights, is available. I'm excited to have you on the show. Doug, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. And you would like all that in 25 words or less, George? As succinctly as possible, uh, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, uh, I, I've been, now I've been a re- recovering CEO for about uh, 10 years. I just celebrated my 69th birthday. Happy birthday. And uh, quite honestly, I'm just getting warmed up. I plan to live to 120, so I've got a long way to go. I got another 51 years. But um, uh, I'm excited to be with you today and to contribute to the conversation around leadership. I, there are a lot of uh, challenging notions around leadership today. And uh, I, 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 I have a voice and I, I, I I, I, I'm looking forward to sharing with people my perspective on how they can lift their contribution profile in a way that is deeply meaningful to them and and also helpful to others. Uh, and that's that's my story. I was uh, president of Nabisco Foods, went on to be CEO of Campbell Soup Company for over a decade. We had a great run there, and then I went on to be chairman of Avon Products. I've been involved in a number of... Uh, boards and uh, both in, in the nonprofit space as well as the for-profit space, been active in Washington trying to contribute to help our federal workers become more productive and uh, all with an eye towards helping people realize from my perspective that this leadership conversation, we are walking on sacred ground. Uh, any aspiring leader has a profound influence on the people with whom they work. Uh, The people with whom they work are going to bed thinking about what they have to do tomorrow, probably dreaming about it, waking up in the morning thinking about what do I have to do today, getting their kids off to school if they have any, and then going into the office or to do whatever they're doing at retail or wherever it may be, and uh, working all day, uh, and then going home, maybe having dinner with the kids if there's time, and then getting back on email then again and doing it all over again, day after day after day. We And as leaders, we are profoundly impacting their lives. And I'm just trying to help leaders find a way to pursue this leadership path that is fulfilling to them. But most importantly, it's useful to the people whom they are leading. And... Uh, so that's my passion. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing now. I run Conant Leadership. I founded it uh, in 2012, eight years ago. It is uh, it. Our our mission is to uh, to champion leadership that works in the 21st century. And uh, I take no salary for this. Uh, and if we make any money, we uh, 
we give it away to other nonprofit organizations. All we do is our is cover our very lean cost structure. So that's my story, and I'm sticking to it, George. I think that's a good one. And yeah, the enormous responsibility of leadership and being a leader and how you're showing up and and how you're impacting the lives of the people that that you are supposed to be leading. Uh, I think that that's really well said. And I bet there's probably not enough leaders who are looking at it like that. Well, you know, I, I, I'm fascinated by it. We can we can go pretty deep into this conversation, but we'll we'll we'll, we'll try and just get to the heart of it. Uh, one of my mentors who passed away in uh, a few years ago, uh, Warren Bennis, um, a real leadership stu- a student of leadership in the 20th century. Uh, he coined the phrase uh, a VUCA world, uh, volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous, V-U-C-A, in 1987. And if it was a VUCA world in 1987, today it's a VUCA <laughs> world on steroids. Yes, sir. And, and leaders are trying to lead in the midst of that chaos. So it's really hard to to always be focused on everybody else when you're trying to navigate such stormy seas. They, uh, to a person, when I work with leaders, and I've worked with thousands of, thousands of them now, uh, they, are, they are swamped. They're trying to get a sip of water from the fire hydrant of life. They have hundreds of emails if they're in a large organization. If they're in a smaller organization, they have dozens and dozens and dozens of emails. And if, if, the, if they haven't responded to the email, they're getting a text message. And if they're, or else they're getting a test text message from their children because that's the only way their children will talk to them. <laughs> they have phone calls, they have meetings, they have, uh, when they're getting ready to go out to lunch, somebody's saying, do you have a minute that we talk over lunch because you didn't answer my email, my text message or my phone call. And then they get a call from the school once a month saying, Johnny's not well, can somebody come and pick him up uh, and take him home? Um, that's sort of the life of the everyday leader. And in my career, I was a chairman CEO, but most of my career, I started at the very bottom of the pyramid. 30 years of it was just, uh, you know, working in groups of two, three, 10, 20. So, uh, and we, we were all swamped. All the leaders today are swamped. So I understand why it's hard. And I also see that most leaders actually hunger to do better. They just don't know how. It's just too daunting. I can barely, you know, keep up with my work and my kids. How am I going to work on becoming a better leader? And that's why we wrote the blueprint, because uh, sadly, most of the people that talk about leadership have never done it. Hmm. Uh, The motivational speakers have wonderful stories and they've studied the subject and it's not that they're not knowledgeable, but they have not not walked one step in an everyday working person's shoes. And it's different when you're in those shoes. Uh, And then you have the academics who also have studied it and have a lot to contribute, but they've never walked in those shoes either. You know, they haven't had to go back to work every day and worry about it on the weekends and deal with all the complexity of a a working population. Uh, And so, I felt I had a, a perspective that could nest nicely 
someone who's been there and done that for over 45 years and has been, a, I don't think there's a better student of leadership among my cadre of uh, former CEOs. It's been a passion of mine for a long time. We've knitted all together in a process with the blueprint that helps these leaders who hunger to do better but are swamped. We help them find a way to get better in the midst of their cockamamie life, just as it is today. You know, it's funny. Uh, my wife and I at times will talk about going on a diet after the holidays, and we'll have this grand plan. And we get in about two weeks, and we say, we can't do this. It's, <laughs> it doesn't fit our life. Right. And by February, we've packed it in, right? Well, people get on these improvement kicks for their leadership and they have similar challenges. The improvement process doesn't nest perfectly in their cockamamie life as it works today. And because of that, they can't sustain the effort to truly get better. And, and so as I got into it, and I really had an opportunity over the last eight years to, in a more full-time way, look at the challenge of helping leaders get unstuck. Uh, that's why we wrote the book, The Blueprint. And it gets at the, at, the, at the necessity to create a process that helps leaders who hunger to do better, which are most of them, by a, a, a majority of them, uh, uh, want to do better, but they need to be able to do better in the midst of their cockamamie life as it exists today. And that's what we contribute. Well, I think that that's really well said right there. We, How in the world can I possibly do this? It's not fitting into my life if it's a new exercise program, a new diet regiment, or if I'm trying to, 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 to budget to get to where I want to financially. Or in this case, I really care care about the people that, that, that are working with me, that, that I'm leading. I just, this is unsustainable. So, so, so how, how do we get started? Well, you know, you know, it's it's interesting because uh, you can't take a complex challenge like this and 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 try and address it with a complex solution. Hmm. That's complexity squared, right? right? So that's not going to work. So you have to approach it with a simple solution that can address the root the root cause or the root opportunity. And that's what we've done with the blueprint. And I would hazard, and I'm, I, I'll have one tip for everybody at the end of at the end of this conversation. But uh, where you start is, uh, I believe that your 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 life story is your leadership story, and you know what the right thing to do is. You just have to get anchored with that intention. And uh, and so most of us, we lead by the seat of our pants. You know we. And I get it. Uh, you know, we got all this stuff coming at us and we react as best we can and try and do the right thing. But, you know, it's not really well thought out. And uh, but we it's it's not irrational. But if we had more time to think about it, we'd probably do it better. And uh, so what we what we've tried to do is is help is help these leaders sort of build a foundation based on their life story that can sort of guide them in the right direction when they encounter the choppy seas, which as a leader, you always do well before a pandemic or a, a race relations issue. And so we say your life story is your leadership story. And Renee Brown has a great quote. 
uh, I mean, it just, it spoke to me the minute I read it uh, years ago. And she said, you can either walk inside your story and own it, or you can live outside your story and hustle for your worthiness every day. And I got to tell you, through my life, up through the first 10 years of my career, I was trying to live somebody else's life, the life I thought I was supposed to lead as a high school, college, graduate student, uh, 10 years into my work life, uh, executive. Uh, and every day I was hustling for my worthiness. Mm-hmm. I wasn't anchored in who I was and where I wanted to go. I was, I was sort of leading life by the seat of my pants with good intentions, but by the seat of my pants. And so we take people on a journey back into their lives and we help them harvest the learnings and reflect a bit on, uh, uh, the, the, the life experiences they've had that have influenced how they choose to lead today. Almost every leader I talk to, I, we, you and I could get into this conversation. Uh, I'd say, think of somebody who had a profound impact on you in your life. And, and are, you, are you carrying some of that experience with you today when you engage with people? And, and you would say, of course. Yes. Yeah. Uh, as everybody does. And I believe that is part of the foundation of who you are as a person and who you would like to be as a leader. And so uh, we, we, we start out with helping them figure out why do you want to do this thing called leadership? Because remember, this is a choice. You've chosen to do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're, you might be choosing it just to make more money, but you are not responsible for it. Why are you choosing to lead these people and what do you hope to get from it? So we go through this process of figuring out why am I choosing to lead? And then we take them into this process, which just takes a few hours uh, to uh, to examine their history, their life history up to this point, and draw conclusions from it in terms of uh, not only why am I choosing to do this, but what are my core beliefs about leadership? What are my values? What do I hold dear? The third step we study. We encourage them to look at the world around them, people they admire and harvest the learnings from those people. That takes another couple hours. And all of a sudden they have a, a foundation that says, okay, I've examined my life a bit. I kind of know why I want to lead. It's not perfect. I'll talk about that in a second. And I've reflected on my life experiences. I've started to look at the world around me and draw conclusions there. And, and then we help them build basically a leadership plan. We talk about the fourth step is build a plan in the corporate world anyway, we have a plan for everything. We have a plan for sales. We have a plan for managing our costs. We have a plan for talent development. Uh, And then I'll talk to a leader, what's your leadership plan? And no one has an answer. And that's arguably the most important plan they should have. Uh, And so we, we walk through the planning process and then we help them bring that plan to life. And in a matter of hours, uh, they can uh, a couple days. They can uh, of time. They can craft a plan that works in their cockamamie life. That drives off of their life story, adds in leadership lessons from others, and with practices that bring it to life uh, on Monday. So what we've done is we've created a process that they can work at at their own pace, design it to nest in their lives build their own leadership philosophy plan. And in there, they have a leadership model. I've 
worked with thousands of people on this piece, no two leaders, leaders are alike. No two leadership models are alike. They're all different. Uh, you talk to any leader. Yeah, I was talking yesterday with somebody. We were comparing uh, uh, Winston Churchill and, uh, oh gosh, I can't remember who else we were comparing him to, but they were totally different. And, uh, but they, they were both leaders who were well anchored in who they were and were committed to growing and serving their constituencies. And, uh, but they, they were totally different, both effective. And uh, what we found is all these leaders, as they go through this process, they have to find their own unique leadership style, not somebody else's. Most of the books written on the subject are by CEOs, be like me, uh, or by academics, be like a little of this person, a little of that person, and then, and then add a pinch of this person in and right. follow these and have these 12 attributes and you'll be a leader. That's bullshit. Yeah. Bullshit. You know, your life story is your leadership story. Learn, learn from it, own it, and you won't be hustling for your worthiness every day. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it, George. Again, <laughs> there's so much good stuff there, and I think it it, it definitely resonates with me. And you know, it, I, I think that that whoever's listening can certainly look. Or listen to what you just said, and 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 one one hundred percent can relate. If it's if you're the CEO of a big company, or you are just a parent who wants to be a great leader in your family, uh, figuring out how how you want to be showing up, and figuring out um, how how you can make it work in in the midst of all the craziness that that, that we're running into. Uh, I think that what you've just provided is an incredible framework for uh, living a happy life. And to your point and Brene Brown's point, you know, stop hustling every day to to be worthy and to, to think that you're trying to live up to or be somebody that you're not just because you think that that's that's how you who, who you should be. And something I've been guilty of for, for years, for a huge chunk of my professional career was, you know, trying to be something that I wasn't because I thought that that was what I was supposed to be. And so I think that what you've just said and laid out really, really resonates. It certainly does so with, with, with me. So, so I appreciate that very much. Well, Doug, Savage Nation is ready for that difference-making tip. What do you have for them? Okay. You know, uh, in the blueprint, we talk about uh, building a foundation. We just, we just did a quick overview of the process, and it doesn't take long. In fact, I lead a summer book series uh, for four weeks, and I walk people through it. And that can be found on my website, which we'll talk about later. But, you know, that takes time. And we're in the middle of a, a pandemic with a host of different social issues layered on top of it. A lot of stress, a lot of anxiety. And people say, well, that's all well and good. But do you have any tips for what I can do Monday morning? Here's the tip. If you spend a half an hour and you think of three people who had a profound influence on you in your life, pick them. One who's through your family, one who's, uh, uh, you've had professional work experience with, and one who's a, an historic figure that has always intrigued you. Think about family, professional, historic figure, three people. And uh, think about how they walked in the world, 
and those people had a I would dare say they were tough-minded and had high standards for you, people that knew you, the two, the, the, the family member and the professional. And I would also say uh, they also cared about you. So they were tough, but they also cared. They, and in my language, they were tough-minded on standards, and they were tender-hearted with people. <laughs> and uh, in, that, in that manner, they had a profound influence on you in your life. So I would say, you know what great leadership looks like. You've experienced it in these episodes with these people. That's great leadership. People who are tough-minded on standards and tender-hearted with people. And if you don't do anything else when you go to work on Monday morning, be more like them with the people with whom you live and work, and you'll do better. We tend to lose sight of that. We know what great leadership looks like. We have personally experienced it with people who have made a profound difference in our lives. They were tough-minded and they were tender-hearted, and they had our back. And what we had their back at any moment in time if there was an opportunity to. That's what I wish for uh, for all the leaders that I talk to today. It's be more like those people with the people with whom you live and work. You know what this looks like. And you will be better for it. And by the way, it'll be much more fulfilling. And it will bring back warm memories of those people who have been part of your life, who have made a profound difference. And you know what? You'll start making a profound difference in the lives of others. And that's a beautiful thing. That's why I do what I do. So that's my tip. And uh, I guarantee it works. Guaranteed or your money back. I think that is great stuff. That definitely gets, come on. Come on. Guaranteed or your money back. You, you, you're not going to find that everywhere. But I, I, I think that that's, I think that's incredible, Doug. Um, tell, tell, tell that to me again. Tough on standards, uh, tenderhearted tough with minded. people. Tough-minded. you got to be tough-minded on standards and tender-hearted. But, you know, to be a great leader, you got to have head and heart. Right? you got to have a head for it. you got to have a heart for it tough-minded on standards, tender-hearted with people. And the third piece is from my first book called Touch Points. You, you have to use your hands. You have to roll up your sleeves and do some work, too. Mm-hmm. So uh, head, heart, and hands is the, is the touch points model that came from my first book. But what we're talking about here, if you have to start somewhere, you want to be tough-minded on standards. And you want to know what those standards are, which is why you have to go back and kind of study your past a little bit. What are my standards? And then you have to be tenderhearted with people. You have to have both IQ and EQ here. And, uh, and, and George, even you can do that. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Where can they get a copy of the book? Uh, They can get a copy of the book anywhere. Uh, Although if, if, if your bookstore is open, it's, Mm. It's available everywhere. and uh, But if you want to find out more about the book or about what we do at Conant Leadership, you can go to my com website. And again, we're in this for all the right reasons. Uh, uh, we do charge for a few things, but that's just to cover our cost of operation. I take no salary. And uh, over the years, we've given away over a million dollars uh, to nonprofits. Uh, money that's come in that was beyond, above our cost. 
And uh, so we're just doing this to be helpful and cover our cost. And, and we have, we have things to say and, uh, and, uh, and it's, and from my perspective, uh, things are worth listening to conantleadership.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at Doug Conant, Facebook, or uh, we're active on LinkedIn as well. Perfect. Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Doug your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to ConantLeadership.com. That's C-O-N-A-N-T, leadership.com, and find them on social media. I will list all of those in the notes of the show. Thank you again, Doug. Okay. Good luck to you, George. Thank you, sir. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. Spending too much time on social? Is your daily screen time over two hours? Are you a little bit overweight? Not saving enough money? Any or all of these are familiar. Strive could be for you. The Strive two-week online boot camp will help you to detox your mind, body, and money getting you on your way to a happier, healthier, wealthier, and more confident life. Go to strivedetox.com, S-T-R-I-V-E-D-E-T-O-X.com, and get your mind, body, and money right.